Welcome to Soothing Harmonies of Love, Psyche, and Soul with host Danielle Burns, an inspiring program that explores real stories and rich melodies of love, creativity, and wisdom with guests from a deep healing perspective. Discover how sacred archetypal experiences illuminate new areas of awareness during life transitions. Now, here is Danielle Burns. Hello again, and welcome back to Love, Psyche, and Soul, and of course, our second episode on discovering a love from deep within. In this episode, we will explore the energy of masculinity, the force within the human psyche that makes manifest concepts of rationality and consciousness and operates as an unconscious ground of being within the inner world of an individual. As an example, assuming that a person has successfully healed or integrated life transitions or circumstances grounded in elements of fear or resistance, and that person is open to Um, directing or ordering influences of this nature, it will assert itself by mysteriously and gradually unfolding from one's inner spiritual aspects. And it's the essence of this unfolding sort of uh, that emerges as a supreme revelation that surfaces out of unconscious traumas or difficulties And some of these um, traumas or difficulties exist in the relationships we have with parents, sometimes existing between a mother uh, and her child. So creation springing from this masculine area of the psyche add important value therein, endowing the psyche with necessity, where it exists alongside with uh, feminine aspects. And this has given uh, the person's ability to, uh, or maturity, to manage tendencies or capacities for relatedness. So freedom begins with how one interprets their psychological situation and angles that understanding with a certain archetypal inflection known as this beautiful divine masculine. And it's my opinion that this type of psycho-spiritual maturity is about nurturing and honoring and balancing both sides of one nature, one's nature, where all men and all women possess both aspects of the feminine and masculine deep inside, where we all possess the capacity to connect with or awaken these gifts of wholeness within ourselves through the examination of our wounds and any unconscious beliefs or biases or prejudices that we may have about events or people. So today, um, here on this show, we're going to take a look at um, the life of our very special guest, Dr. Juan Rios, whom will join us very shortly. I want to get into Juan's story right away because um, we'll not only be listening to it, you know, within our first um, segment, we'll be able to listen through our second break on the show. 
After which time, I'll have an opportunity to um, introduce all of you to him in person. So I invite you to just sit back and relax, and we will begin now with our featured story. What stood out for me was that sense of authenticity, that being a rock star or superstar on the outside. We appeared to be this. We appeared to carry this presence about ourselves that is so confident and positive without knowing how one struggles day to day and the authenticity of that individual. So over and over, when I had my eyes closed, everybody was listening and tuning into my heart and mind. They were hearing this authenticity within me and I began to visualize myself as that strangely enough I visualized myself being in the darkness and experiencing grace all of my vulnerabilities and struggles with social structures and shame sent me running to that other self hugging and holding and saying you know what I'm here. Embracing all of my nakedness was so powerful, especially when it came to relationships. I could empathize with all the stories within our society about family, culture, and men. Yet I had not fully grasped that human life experiences only bring you so far. Until recently, it wasn't until I sat with my own story, sat with the complication of it, because when I heard words like nurturing and compassion, I'd been forced to consider the relationships I shared with people in my own family. I had experienced a bit of dissonance when hearing these words because had the presence of family in my life psychologically, even though they were present in my life physically. My parents were not present for several reasons. My father not there because of his heroin addiction, and my mother not there because of her mental health needs. My mother didn't work. She stayed home. Most of her days were spent sleeping because of the depression she experienced. Then one day, feelings of worthlessness manifested into my mother enduring a breakdown and developing schizophrenia. Her understanding of the world became fragmented. I remember a time when I was eight years old and my sister about nine years old. We were at a Central Park kind of place in the summertime. And on that hot day, we were sitting outside with my mother on a park bench not too far away. We started playing tag around the city pigeons and talking to my mom about wanting a pet. We had seen women walking around the park with pet 
quietly observed my mom, standing from the bench without saying a word. She got up, walked toward the sea of pigeons, grabbed one mid-flight, then put it in her purse and zipped the pigeon inside. We were so happy. We got on the bus, going back home, and all you could hear was this bird flapping around in my mother's purse. A hot day with the temperature in the 90s in the city. Me and my sister on the bus in the back just so happy. Trying to get home. Trying to figure out how to housebreak a city pigeon. We got to the house and started running behind the pigeon, feathers flying all around. It was the bliss of the moment. My mom said to us, Here you go. It's yours. Just conceptualizing the lunacy of that experience, trying to capture that city pigeon. A new pet that we wanted so badly. Our needs at the time were satisfied in simple ways. Because financially, we didn't have a lot of money. It was a simple task from my mother, a black woman, to grab a city pigeon midair and give that to us. To show her love in a special way. We spent those moments trying to domesticate a city bird because she had given it to us. So in one way, I refer to my mother as only being present physically. But in this example, she had actually rendered a presence of being there for me. She didn't think about the ramifications, because none of that made sense to her at the time. It was as if she said to herself, you are my children, you want a pet, so I will find a way to give one to you. It could have been a flying rat. She'd found a pet. Even if it hadn't been the ideal version of one. I say all of this because when we look back on our lives as children, we have a way of trying to conceptualize happiness relatively. It's those pockets of experience and hindsight when we reflect back and ask ourselves, really happened. These are the moments as a child when I actually felt heard by my mother. She heard me the best way she could. The best way for someone with unaddressed mental health issues. So I look back on these experiences and say to myself that my mother did the best she could.
My brother was about six years my senior. At that time, and due to a clearly impoverished lifestyle, he began selling drugs very early. I remember being around 11 years old when he sort of told me that I was going to start selling drugs with him the following year. My brother had to sell drugs to take care of us. It was his way of making sure we ate every day. And I remember saying to him, no, because at that time, I had already suffered losses of friends I cared about through violence. Children my age who engaged in the activity of selling drugs and losing their lives. I'd mentioned to my brother that I wanted to go to school Next thing I remember, he grabbed me by my neck, lifted me up with my feet dangling in the air. He said, you really think that a book is going to feed our family? Look at how we're living. Look at this. It was a message that intellectual pursuits were a waste of effort and the immediate care of my family's needs. At that age, I'd been watching a show called A Different World. It was the first time I saw people of color living in a college setting, a place that seemed to be safe and so far away from me that at times I just wanted to escape reality for a moment and touch down within that college scenery. So I struggled to put my feet on the floor in the puddle of tears that were streaming down my face, my brother's hands around my neck, my back against the wall. I'd realized in that moment be there. And I ran away from home the next day. I'd been sent to the corner store to buy Chinese food with food stamps. And I'd never come back. I ran and ran to my big sister's house, a person like family to me, who was a college student herself. I went to her house for refuge, and she took me in. She took both me and my little sister into her home at just 19 years old as a college student. We stayed with my big sister for some time. It was my first taste of life as a precious gift. The first moment I said to myself, I don't want to die. I'd experienced multiple death drives at different points throughout my life where I felt that if I died, things would somehow be better because there would be one less mouth to feed. It was a time during my youth 
when I hadn't received the nurturing and compassion that I needed from the adults in my life. I wanted to be aware of these struggles without them being soft places for me. To be aware of how the experience of caring for other people nearly 11 hours a day impacted me as a child. Coming from the perspective of someone who was raised by a mother with limited resources because of a struggle with mental illness, what stood out for me was how I thought about the events within my childhood. These experiences had actually been blessings in disguise. They allowed me to connect more deeply with myself because there was something that I didn't get from my family that I needed to find elsewhere. So I found it in other places and people. And these were moments of awakening for me. Mm. Welcome back, everyone. We've got more to come on this powerful story. And you're not going to want to miss what happens next. So I invite you to stay tuned. We'll join you again right after this short break. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Everything changes. All roads lead to an end. Yet, here on the sea of the setting sun, you can experience the bliss of movement and never say goodbye. With the wind at your side, swaying to the currents of life, you can listen to velvety skies whispering inviting you to pause and reflect along this lover's aisle. Conscious healing and consulting facilitates new levels of empowerment, growth, and awareness using techniques rooted in wisdom, traditions of the heart, and other ways of knowing. While we can't change difficult situations in your past, we will work together to better understand your present circumstances for a more meaningful life. Why not slow down and set yourself free? Let the wonder of your heart, soul, and imagination set sail for a change. Visit Conscious Healing and Consulting on the web at ConsciousHealingConsult.com. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are tuned in to Love, Psyche, and Soul with Danielle Burns. If you have a question about our program or story you'd like to share with our listeners, we'd love to hear from you by email to lovepsychesoul at gmail.com. Again, that's lovepsychesoul at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Ah, thank you for staying tuned in to our second episode on discovering a love from deep within. 
And before the break, we were listening to an amazing story concerning the life of Dr. Juan Rios and how the emotional experiences he endured were revealing, helping him to discover, develop, and strengthen an inner sense of wholeness. Sometimes we choose to ignore or suppress these two aspects within ourselves, known as the divine masculine and feminine, as one being less than the other, and that creates a great deal of suffering. Not only does that create division within our own psyches, that creates division within the world. So the goal is to shed light on these unconscious shadow aspects so that a full integration and wholeness of self can occur. So again, I want you to go ahead and grab your earphones, get comfortable, and now we will continue listening to our featured story. It had been predestined that I would be selling drugs and carrying a gun after my 12th birthday. Yet something else awakened within me. Something akin to a greater purpose. Something in me had shifted out of fear. And I hadn't known what it was at the time. The experience seemed so surreal. Yet later on, I recognized that it had been a higher power pulling me away, something sacred and spiritual. Oddly enough, my mother had been deeply religious even though she had not been present psychologically. She would always give me these messages of a spiritual nature during the day and in the middle of the night. In the Bible, Juan is translated as John, as in John the Baptist. My mother would say things like, An angel, for God came to me and told me to tell you, this is going to happen. I never really understood what my mother meant by these messages. It was a confusing time for me. I was just a child. But for some reason, the messages stayed with me. And as I understand them now, they were coming from a sacred source within. A force pulling and pushing. A source of light that my mother planted deep within my subconscious mind. Now that I 
you're working on myself in a breathwork healing session with a trusted practitioner. I had a visceral experience and vision during which I was given a spiritual message. I had been visited by both of my African and European ancestors. My African ancestors appeared as images of mangled bodies and bones, dying amid emotional scars and tears. I felt held by a European ancestor who said to me, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Then he looked at me and said, You can change this. Forgive me. All aspects of yourself. That was a pivotal moment of healing for me. I cried and cried as I grieved the death and pain of that experience. I felt the sincerity of the apology from my European ancestor and the shame he endured as he begged me to liberate his soul so that I could integrate two aspects of my identity into one whole. These two entities had always been a part of me. He went on to say that I am the one who would heal. I am the manifestation of my ancestors greatest dream. Me. Here. Now. I could live that dream for both of us. Integrating and healing the energetic trauma within me. And moving forward to live another day. I could choose to embrace life in a new way that my ancestors were not able to do. Heal myself while healing the energetic trauma of my ancestors' hurt and shame. That's what they had been asking for in that moment. Sometimes, We feel the shame of not being enough, not being black enough, not being Latino enough, not fitting into two worlds that our society constructed as categories of self and being. I never knew how to fit into any of these boxes because I had been a part of them all along. narrative that I am. I am the pain and the manifestation of one's greatest dream. I am the reason for healing and liberating another soul. The spiritual realm is so powerful, so powerful that I could no longer run, hide, or hate even. Because when I hated another, I also hated myself.
For me, it was a powerful experience to integrate these two sources of energy within myself. I'd experienced the energy of the dark shadow around me saying, you're not meant to be here. You shouldn't be here. You're on borrowed time. The experience had been an unapologetic integration deep within my soul that connected with my psyche in such a way that instant healing occurred. It was a bittersweet journey. Nowadays, I go into the hood and I still have friends that I call family. Even though I have several letters behind my name, I don't have to be eloquent enough, articulate enough, or hood enough. I can be real. Living within my own space. Unapologetically. A story and lifestyle that reflects true authenticity. a moving story for me and certainly I can imagine it was also moving for all of you it still brings me to tears even after listening to it again and now I want to introduce our special guest Dr. Juan Rios to you who happens to be the hero of this story Juan welcome to the show thank you so much Danielle I am just Without words, um, the narration uh, of hearing that story over again, my story, every time just really grabs me, but yet still very much inspires me. So thank you so much for having me. It's just such a, such a wonderful honor. Thank you. You are most welcome. And after hearing such a beautiful story, I'm sure our listeners want to know a little bit about um, what you do and what we know so far is that you're a clinical practitioner, you're mm-hmm. a professor of social work in New Jersey, yep. you have a passion for uh, researching stories yourself, you're mm-hmm. interested in mindfulness and elements of Chinese philosophy. So tell us how the nature of your work reflects that soulful authenticity portrayed mm-hmm. within your story today. Yeah, well, such a great question, and, and thank you for asking, because it informs so much of who I am. Um, I am, a, as you mentioned, a clinical practitioner in private practice. I also am an educator, and I consider myself uh, a healer in my practice. I don't believe in just treating the person and uh, going every day, every week uh, to only treating uh, those wounds, but really getting down and, and healing those wounds. So, so the, the work I do moves a person away from just the day-to-day work mm-hmm. to really being engaged and embracing life in a way that maybe they haven't before. Uh, much of my work 
quite frankly, is with men, men of color. I make it my life's work to definitely um, work with men of color who have experienced trauma in their communities specifically. And, I, and I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, and as an educator, I represent so much, especially in academia, there are not too many men of color uh, in front of those classrooms. And it is such a gift to be uh, an educator and talk about not only my life's work, but how does it integrate with um, healing spaces, how we create healing safe spaces and safe spaces as future social workers work with those in our community who have experienced intergenerational trauma and that healing energy that needs to occur um, that they must create both within themselves and also in the agencies in which they work. You also do a little bit of consulting work within the community. Is your consulting also within that realm of working with men or is it within, with other um, groups or populations? Yeah, a lot of my consulting work is um, working with families who um, may have been disrupted due to abuse and neglect, uh, mainly inner city families. Uh, most of them are uh, families of color uh, in which an incident may have occurred in their home and a ch- child has been re- removed or at risk of being removed. And I work with various agencies, nonprofit uh, agencies who uh, directly work with families to really preserve and um, do a lot of the restoration when it comes to uh, the abuse and neglect. We hear of these cases that happen in which uh, children are abused, whether it's emotionally, physically, sexually, but we don't hear too much about the healing process, the restoration that occurs uh, when those situations happen. And, and a lot of my work is informed uh, behind that healing and restoring the family. Mm, beautiful. And what I've noted is that you've explored the cultural intersections between men and masculinity. Of course, mm-hmm. um, we want to stay connected to that topic as well, realizing that you're talented um, in so many different areas. In this area of cultural intersection between men and masculinity, which has been a pivotal aspect of your research and practice, mm-hmm. it's important to reflect on this topic nowadays since it has such profound significance within our society, especially as we consider the recent passing of, of a rapper, mm-hmm. his rapper, Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. yeah, within the entertainment industry, you know, his desire for um, social change being important um, to so many people. You probably agree with me that this is an apt time for exploring this style mm, of masculinity. Absolutely. Psycho-spiritual perspective. So we will get into this topic um, with our guests, with our um, also with our listeners right after our next break. So I want to invite you all sitting out there to just stay tuned in as we hear more from Dr. Juan Rios. We're going to go to our break now, and we'll be right back. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
everything changes. All roads lead to an end. Yet, here on the sea of the setting sun, you can experience the bliss of movement and never say goodbye. With the wind at your side, swaying to the currents of life, you can listen to velvety skies whispering, inviting you to pause and reflect along this lover's aisle. Conscious healing and consulting facilitates new levels of empowerment, growth, and awareness using techniques rooted in wisdom, traditions of the heart, and other ways of knowing. While we can't change difficult situations in your past, we will work together to better understand your present circumstances for a more meaningful life. Why not slow down and set yourself free? Let the wonder of your heart, soul, and imagination set sail for a change. Visit Conscious Healing and Consulting on the web at ConsciousHealingConsult.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Love, Psyche, and Soul with Danielle Burns. If you have a question about our program or story you'd like to share with our listeners, we'd love to hear from you by email to lovepsychesoul at gmail.com. Again, that's lovepsychesoul at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. I'm so happy because I get to share some rich discussion uh, with all of you from Dr. Juan Rios, a talented scholar and practitioner in New Jersey, whom will talk about the nature of divine masculinity on our show this segment. segment. So thank you so much for joining us uh, after the break. Again, the purpose of today's show is about learning how to bring together Uh, healing aspects of masculinity and femininity without them fueling shadow aspects of the self that criticize or lay hidden beyond one's recognition. So, Juan, um, you've probably got an opinion about the recent passing of Nipsey Hussle, and that's sort of where we left off. So, tell us how the nature of your work with men promotes positive social change within community settings on that level. Right, absolutely. And, and thank you so much for bringing this topic up because uh, I, I think that it's being, it's, it's being discussed in, in, in many circles, but not, in, not so much within the healing one. And uh, we, we have to also recognize that there's a community hurt uh, aside from uh, clearly the life of a survivalist who's no longer with us uh, that has impacted so many uh, with his own narrative. Uh, so first, I have to say, you know, send gratitude to you for that. Mm-hmm. And and in regards to 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 Nipsey and his his music, we first have to take a temporal, social, political context into how music is so important into the lives of. Uh, and I'm speaking in the context of men and, and and men of color especially because that's who I've been, I work with and do a lot of the work I, uh, regarding healing spaces and, and, and psychotherapy with. Um, mm. And I have to tell you, almost every single one of my patients last week has brought up Nipsey Hussle, his life, what it means, um, what it means for them, 
uh, what it means for the community. And each one had their own sort of integrative wrestle with 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 what just has happened the disbelief um with what it means for them as survivalists uh nipsey is in his own right an archetype this is the life of a man who really pulled himself out of a very violent community with that and violent experiences in his life to represents for many of us what it means to go back and give back, go back and become that, that the essence of divine masculine, right? And when we think of what it means to be a divine masculine and to channel that divine masculinity, we have to first be able to examine our own wounds. And as men going there, really reaching back into those dark spaces that, that says, I'm hurt. I feel abandoned. I I feel less than uh, because of either intergenerational trauma or feeling marginalized in our own communities or feeling like you can't even go down the block because of <laughs> police brutality. And these are all realities in which Nipsey Hussle Hustle and his music has detailed. And 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 he and he spoke into life what we have suppressed and if we don't first examine those wounds and 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 he's done that in his narrative he's done that by discussing whether it's the, the his experiences in gangs or whether it's his experiences with police brutality and being able to really touch a upon those very sensitive topics that many men of color have have witnessed and lived in their community there's no way that we could tap in to our full divine masculine without examining those wounds. And then he moves into something very beautiful. If you just, if you really follow his music into the transcendence of his, the maturity of that, mm. and that is taking responsibility. Uh, and taking responsibility is part of the divine masculine and saying, well, what now? Right, and you've heard in my own story that there's been moments that I felt that the shadow has really engulfed all that is within me, all that within the light of myself. Um, but if I did not choose to take responsibility and say there's something more, and believe that that light, even if it's flickering, can give me hope into moving into a more uh, grounded, established place in my community, uh, they, I, would, I would not be here today. And it's the example of the archetype of, 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 of Nipsey Hussle, which he's done, which, which he's, he's exemplified by being able to um, create programs, whether it's STEM programs in industry communities, whether it's being an entrepreneur, and, ex and, and exemplifying that, whether it's meeting with uh, community leaders and saying, how can we stop gang violence, right? And, and, and that's that take a responsibility. And moving into connecting with our own inner fathers. Mm. And, and you heard in my story that I discussed mm. how my father was you know non-existent because of mm -hmm. his heroin addiction, and for years and years that's been a hole in my life. Uh, that I, I've 
I've suppressed and said, you know, I've, I've listened to this, this, this toxic narrative that we have <laughs> in, our, in our society that's, well, you just, you know, pick yourself up, don't cry, uh, that doesn't bother me, and I'm tough, and I'm sucking everything in, and, you know, and, and letting that, that anger lead who I am, but there's also this hurting child that really needs to, to, to embrace his, his inner father, that wise adult within who can not only stand up, but be the inner warrior, be that, be, be that warrior that says, you know, you're loved. And, and 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 protecting that part of you that is most vulnerable not not by building a wall but by embracing those who also are hurting and you said it so beautifully when it's when in, in, in the narrative um, in which by embracing others we also embrace ourselves and by embracing myself and those really really hurting places, I can then begin to embrace and love others, um, my own psyche, my whole soul, and be fully integrated. And those are all beautiful aspects of how we really heal the, 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 the wounded masculine. And I, I, I have to say the loss of Nipsey Hussle um, has done two things. One, it has been a great hurt in our community, but it's also has been a moment that we can take as an example to, to, to take responsibility and, and say that we all need to follow the archetype of Nipsey Hussle and, mm-hmm. and, and, and use that to work mm-hmm. with our community and embrace the the wounded masculine that that is hidden behind anger that's hidden behind violence that's hidden behind this false uh socially constructed narrative that men have to be something that we're not okay and i I think he did that so beautifully Mm. oh Juan, thank you so much you know this has been an awesome journey and um having an opportunity to hear your story and then received, you know, such beautiful, wonderful gifts of wisdom and insight, you know, has been um, a joy, not just for me, but I'm pretty sure it's been a joy, you know, for all of our listeners. And so on behalf of them, and certainly for myself, I just want to say that I'm so grateful. And hopefully you'll stay online with us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because I, we have just one more gift to share with our listeners today. Okay. Um, before we part. And and as I turn to all of you out there, what I've taken away from Juan's message, which he's um, explained so clearly, is that, you know, the beauty of this divine essence of masculinity is not just about integration and community healing. Um, You know, it sort of erupts with a, a, a beautiful, wonderful character of music, of melody that brings fulfillment to one's life experiences, fulfillment to one's senses. And of course, none of that is absent of that soulful quality that we all love um, on this show. So I wrote a song um, that reflects the essence of these two inner qualities of divine masculinity and femininity. And the song is, you know, partly reflects that hip hop rhythm and 
blues-oriented, deep psycho-spiritual flair, you know, that I'm sure that all of you will love. So now let's just go ahead and begin with our featured song. Soul, time to take control. Love, psyche and soul, you already know. Yeah. Don't hold back. Let's go. Of divine femininity 
back, everyone. That's what I call ending on a powerful note. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I definitely want to do is for those of you that want to get in touch with Dr. Juan Rios. Juan, um, can you just let us know how to do that that our listeners will want to know? Absolutely. Uh, well, my website is riostherapeuticsolutions.com with an S. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, Jr., uh, Jr. at the end. And uh, feel free to email me as well. I love uh, reaching out and having great conversations. Uh, you can reach me at Jr. at gmail.com or at Juan dot reels at shu.edu seen hall university yep beautiful and i hope that all of you enjoyed today's show so again don't forget to like me on facebook or follow me on twitter or instagram found within the online links connected to the show and i will see you again next week for another episode of soothing heartfelt discussion and soulful melodies have a great weekend everyone Thank you for listening to Love, Psyche, and Soul. Please join Danielle Burns for another episode of Rich Stories and Healing Melodies next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, we wish you a weekend full of heartfelt wisdom. 